Thank you for joining the Element Church Podcast, where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. Before COVID ever hit, there was another epidemic that was sweeping our country, and really it still is today. Many experts are labeling this a disease. Now, I don't want to freak anybody out, but I'm going to share some of the symptoms of this disease, and please, no elbowing the person you came with or, or elbowing the person that you're, you're watching with, with online. Here, here's the very first symptom, irritability. Some of you are like, oh, crap, what disease do I have now, right? Like, you get mad, frustrated, or annoyed way too easily. Second one is restlessness. You find it hard to relax, always thinking about what needs to be done, what didn't get done, or what other people are expecting you to do. Number three, overactivity. Whether it's with your work or your social life, you find yourself filling up your life with more and more things to do. Number four, emotional numbness. You start to, to feel like you don't have the capacity to, to feel another's pain or have empathy for someone else. Number five, decreasing care for your body, regular exercise, healthy eating started, starts taking a back seat in, in your life. Number six, escapist behavior. In order to escape the pressure of the world, you, you find yourself retreating to things like food, entertainment, social media, substance use, whatever it is to escape the pressure of the world, which leads to the last one I'll share with you, number seven, isolation. You, you feel disconnected from God and from other people because your tendency is to, to be alone more and more and more. Those are the symptoms. <laughs> The disease that's tied to those symptoms, and many psychologists are calling this a disease, the disease is called hurry sickness. Hurry sickness. And that's what I want to talk about today as we continue the sermon series that we started our new year with called Broken Normal. And before I get in too much of a hurry to share it with you, see what I did there? Uh, I probably need to introduce myself to anybody who doesn't know who I am. My name's Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here. I'm just so glad uh, that all of you have chosen to spend some time with us and some time uh, with God today. Welcome again to our online family as well. Uh, As we've started the new year, we've been asking you uh, to help us out if you're only attending online uh, to fill out a quick three-question form. If you've already filled it out, and many of you have, uh, thank you for doing that. You don't need to do it again. But if you're only engaging with us online and you've not filled that out, uh, would you please consider doing that for us? All we're asking for is your name, your email, and how many people normally attend with you when you're watching online. That that form, the link to it, is pinned to the top of our Facebook page. Uh, If you're watching at the church online, platform. It's in the comment section and and on demand. It's underneath uh, the video. And and really, uh, that information is helping us better know who is still connected and engaged to our church, even though they may not be here in person. And by filling it out, you're helping us uh, serve you better, minister to you better, pastor you uh, better. And we need that. We we need that information. And you're helping us make decisions as a whole for our church too. When we kind of know who all is still connected, it helps us 
must make decisions. So it'd be a huge help if you filled that out for us. Also, I, w- I want to tell you about next Sunday night and the financial learning experience that Joe Sango will be doing. Joe's the founder and president of I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. And uh, he is the best communicator on winning with your money that I've ever experienced in my life. If you, if you know who Joe is, I think you would probably agree with me. He makes money and money management fun, exciting, inspiring, and filled with, with hope. And he's going to be here next Sunday on the 31st from 6 to 8 p.m. to do his financial learning experience. And because uh, you are such a generous church, we are offering this for free to anyone in the community. So you can share this with other people as well, and they can come be a part of it. And we're providing dinner for free and childcare for free too because of your generosity. Because of dinner and childcare, we do need you to sign up. And uh, we want to know who's coming to better prepare uh, for you and to make sure that we have the space available as well. To sign up for that, if you're here in person, go to the Next Steps wall. You can sign up there or go to our website, elementchurch.life. And then under the Connect tab at the top, there is a place to sign up. Okay, I'm trying not to be in a hurry because psychology today describes hurry sickness as this, a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness, an overwhelming and continual sense of urgency. It's a general feeling of always being short on time. Uh Uh-oh, a lot of us would probably fit that mold. The, the end result of hurry sickness is those symptoms, many of them that I, that I sh- many or all of them that I shared with you earlier. Ironically, this was funny to me. In the 1960s, experts believed that the main problem in the future, so basically the main problem that we would experience because of the advancements in technology and all the time savings that technology would bring us, experts in the 60s believed that our main problem would be not having enough to do. Too much leisure time, they believed, would be a problem today instead of not enough time, which is what we have. Like the opposite has happened. Whether or not you have hurry sickness or I do, I don't know. But we as a people are showing no sign of slowing down. Like our our speed of life is faster than ever. And while there are many things I do hope we go back to normal on from our pre-COVID world, there are some things we need to get back to normal on. But, but this, our speed of life, the busyness in which we live, this is one of those areas I hope we don't go back to normal because normal was broken. I shared some statistics back in November in our Sabbath sermon series, and I'm, I'm bringing them back in today because they're relevant to this topic Pre-COVID statistics showed that 60% of U.S. adults and 74% of, of parents said they at least sometimes felt too busy to enjoy life. That's sad. And then one-third of all children said they always felt rushed. A third always felt rushed. And it's not just that we are busy with activities. We are, but it's not just that. We as a people in this day and age, we are just prone to constantly give our attention away to something or someone else. We, we don't really know today how to just sit and be still, to do nothing, to have nothing that's engaging our, our minds. In fact, here, here's these 
numbers, the average iPhone user touches his or her phone 2,617 times a day. We now spend on average five hours a day on our phones. We spend just under two hours a day on social media and over four hours a day watching TV or some sort of video entertainment. And the younger the people get, the higher those numbers go. We're, we're consumed, literally, with consumption. And, and please, please hear me. Please don't leave today saying, Pastor Jeff told us that iPhones are evil. That is not what I'm saying. I have an iPhone, and I use it, right, a lot. There's nothing inherently wrong with having a phone or using it. There's nothing wrong with TV. I love watching TV. There's nothing wrong with social media or, or activities in life. The problem is the potential those things have to steal what's most important away from us, starting with our health partly due to our hurried and fast-paced lives, we are more stressed than ever before. And according to one health expert on balancing work and life, they said this, stress is a factor in five out of the six leading causes of death, heart disease, cancer, stroke, lower respiratory disease, and accidents. An estimated 75 to 90% of all doctor's visits are for stress-related issues. Whoa, whoa. And a lot of that stress that we are experiencing comes from the speed of life in which we live. And then you have this. This is where it gets personal for for me and what I do for a living. Dallas Willard, author and pastor, said this. Hurry is the greatest enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. John Mark Comer then took that phrase and wrote an entire book on it that is probably in my top two or three books I've ever read in my life called Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It is unbelievable. It will mess you up, but in a good way. Like, get it, read it. It's one of those books I think we should read every single year. It's that good. Dallas Willard said, hurry's the greatest enemy of our spiritual life. Now, I I know that not everyone who's listening to this sermon, you know, is concerned about how living a busy, hurried life affects their spiritual life because maybe you don't believe in Jesus. Uh, you don't have a relationship with him, so your spiritual life is not really on the top of your priority list. But just hearing some of those symptoms that we read and, and the increased stress level that, that being busy brings to our lives, like for those reasons alone, this is a relevant conversation to you, whether you believe in Jesus or not. And if you don't believe, we, we love, love, love it that you are here. I do hope and pray that you will eventually see the way of Jesus as a better way because I believe it is a better way. But even if you don't, we're going to love you and honor you uh, just the same. And here's the thing. Here's why it's so important for me. We want you to experience life to the fullest. It's part of our vision here. We exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. But the problem is for a lot of us, even for those of us who are Christians, we we tend to find ourselves filling up our lives, but we are not necessarily living a full life. John Ortberg, last quote I'll share with you. Another pastor and author said this, for many of us, The great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. 
We will just skim over our lives instead of actually living them. Wow. And, and the solution, by the way, the solution to our busy, frenetic, hurried lives is not more time. We tend to think it is. We say things like, if I only had more time, but the truth is, if we had more time, just based on how we're already living, we would probably fill it up with more things to do if we had more time. So that's not the solution. Here's the solution. It's our big idea for today. The solution to hurry is not more time. It's choosing to simplify and slow down. The solution to hurry, it's not more time. We don't get more time. There's only 24 hours in a day. That's not the solution. It's choosing to simplify and slow down. So here's the big question we got to ask today. What does it look like to slow down? What's it look like to slow down? I want to pause and pray before we continue. So would you join me in prayer? Father in heaven, I know that, that my words, the words I say without the anointing of your spirit on, on it are just useless. They're empty. They're vain. So, Lord, I pray right now as I, as I speak that your Holy Spirit would, would come upon the words I say. And, Lord, anything that's not supposed to be said, I pray, would not stick. And, and anything that is supposed to be said would, would land on our hearts. And, Lord, as we, as we read your word here in a moment, you promise us that your word is sharper than the sharpest double-edged sword, that it cuts all the way to the very core of who we are. So, Lord, would you, would you use your word to cut us all the way to the core of who we are and then change us by the power of your word from the inside out? Lord, I submit myself to you, and I submit our, our people today to you. We are here to learn from you, and pray that you do that in Jesus' name. Amen. The main scripture is Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. Luke is the third book in the New Testament portion of the Bible, and it is uh, written from eyewitness accounts to the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus. You can follow along on the screens. If you don't own a Bible, we give them away for free. Just ask for one out at guest services if you're here in person, or download a free Bible app called YouVersion. And I, I want to be the first one to admit, because I know someone might hear this message and, and think this very thing, I'm the first one to admit this passage is not primarily about unhurrying our lives, okay? The, the primary message of this passage is not about busyness, but I do believe there are some principles we're going to see here that speak directly into that area of our lives, all right? So I'll be the first one to admit it's not the primary message, but I do believe there's some principles we're going to see. Luke 10, starting in verse 38, says this. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted. Everyone say distracted. If you're watching online, uh, try to find a squirrel emoji and put that in the chat box because that would be awesome. Like from the movie Up, squirrel, distracted. Now we're all distracted by the movie Up, so I apologize. We're all distracted. Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. Solution to hurry. It's not more time. It's choosing to simplify and slow down. So what does it take for us to slow down? We, we see this here with Martha, and it's the first point I want to give today. Number one, eliminate distractions. 
If we're going to slow down, we have to eliminate some distractions. Luke tells us that Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. So let me ask this question. Was the dinner a bad thing? No, it was not a bad thing. Like dinners are a good thing. Good food is always a good thing. Can I get a witness from the food lovers here today? Right? There's nothing wrong with inviting people into your home and preparing a meal for them. Some of you have the gift of hospitality. You thrive on, on having people in your home. Personally, I don't understand why you thrive doing that. As an introvert, I thrive by not having people in my home and avoiding dinner parties. But dinner is a good thing. Meals are a, a good thing, especially when they're enjoyed with other people. But, but here's the thing about good things, okay? Oftentimes, it's good things in life that keep us from the best things in life and have the potential to become gods in this life. Woo, I'm going to preach. I'm going to say it again because that was good enough to repeat. That oftentimes it's good things in life that keep us from the best things in life and have the potential to become gods in this life. You see, gods are not always physical idols that we bow down to in worship. I think sometimes we, we let ourselves off the hook in the Christian faith too easily when we talk about idols or gods that way. Like most often, gods in our life are, are anything that keep us from what's most important. It could be that endless list of activities we keep adding to our life and schedule. It becomes a god to us. It could be the, the desire and effort to accumulate and amass more and more stuff and keep up with the Joneses. It might be that hobby that you know you are giving an inordinate amount of time to. It might be a relationship. A relationship itself may not be bad, but, but you are giving more credence and authority to that relationship than you even are to God himself. Like, like whatever it is, anything that distracts us from what's most important can become a God. I think sometimes in, in our faith, we, we view the devil, we, we view our spiritual enemy as trying to bring us down with some big sin trying to destroy us with a major moral failure. And he does do that, certainly. But more often than not, the devil is not trying to destroy you with a big sin. He's trying to distract you with something less important than Jesus. If the devil can keep us distracted, he'll get us disconnected. Disconnected from God, his word, his people, his church. And when we are disconnected, we become ineffective as people of faith. When we are disconnected, we become the most vulnerable in our faith. When we are disconnected, we are the most prone to giving into temptation. So more often than not, the devil is not trying to destroy you. He's trying to distract you in a way that will lead you down a path of destruction. So, the, so what distractions are in your life? What, what are those things that threaten to keep you disconnected from what's most important? What's filling up your life but not making your life more full? Is it a phone? Could be. I think for some people it might be one of those things. Is it 
the endless consumption of media and social media? Is it that hobby that you know, again, the hobby's not bad, but it's just taking up too much of your time? Is it a relationship? That you've given more credence and authority to that relationship and the time given to it than you are even to God himself? Like all of us, me included, all of us have something that we are prone, most likely to have pull us away from what's most important. So what is it for you? Only I can answer it for me. What's it for you? And once you know what that is, could you eliminate it? Could you at least cut back on your involvement in it? Simplify and slow down. And listen, when you do this, when you begin to simplify and slow down, be ready for pushback. Even from people who are closest to you and say they love you the most. Because look what happens with, with Martha here, the last part of verse 40. Martha came to Jesus. She's busy, distracted in the kitchen. And she says, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister sits here while I do all the work? Sounds like my teenagers arguing about the chores. Well, they didn't do their chore last week. Why should I do my chore this week, right? So tell, somebody said amen, and that's good right there. She said, tell her to come and help me. Like she should be just as busy as I am. Why is she not busy? And I am. Solution to hurry. It's not more time. It's choosing to simplify and slow down. So what's it take to slow down? Got to eliminate or at least cut back on some distractions, even if people don't understand. And listen, I've said this in every service. I'm going to say it again today. There might be some parents in the room who you're going to disappoint your children by saying this, but it needs to be said. We are not going to sign up for another activity. Our life's full of them, and we don't need one more. And yes, your children will be disappointed in you, but it is your God-given responsibility also to protect your children from distractions that can keep them from what's most important. Activities are not bad, but there are some people, your life is an endless list of activities. It might be a, a friend or a romantic relationship where you know you are, you are giving too much to it. I'm not talking about getting out of your marriage. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about romantic involvement with someone else or a friend that you have or, or a group of people that you're just, you're giving so much that you're not having any time left for God. Whatever it is, you're, there might be some pushback, that's all I'm saying, from people in your life like Martha saying, wait a minute, what about me? Second thing we got to do is this, trust God with the details. Trust God with the details. Luke 10, 41, but the Lord Jesus said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these what? Details. This doesn't mean that details in life don't matter. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what Jesus is saying. Like, here, here was Martha's problem. This is, this is what I believe is happening here. I think Martha believed what many of us believe, that if I slow down, if I simplify, what about all the things that won't get done? What about all the things that, that I won't get to do that someone else I know gets to do? What about all the provision that won't be provided? She was worried about all the details. And, and 
Here was Jesus. Like, like put yourself from an outsider's perspective right into the situation. Here Jesus was sitting in her living room. And this was Jesus, God in the flesh, uh, the, the, the guy who would eventually raise her brother Lazarus from the dead. The guy who, who walked on water and calmed the raging seas. The guy who gave sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, and strength to the paralyzed. The guy who took five loaves of bread and two fish and multiplied them so much that it fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children, and there was 12 baskets of leftovers. That guy, Jesus, was in her living living room, do you think he was concerned about where the meal would come from? Like he could make one appear if he wanted to. And it would have been the best meal Martha ever had. Jesus was in her house, yet Martha was so busy with all the details of life, she was missing out on a divine moment. And friends, can I just say, Jesus is in your house too. But a lot of us are so busy and distracted with all the details of life, we are missing out on divine moments in life. We have to be okay with not knowing all the details. We have to be okay with not being in control of all the details, which is hard for this control freak. We have to be okay with missing out on some things that other people do in life so that we can actually experience real life. We talked about this back in our Sabbath series in November, but simplifying, slowing down, even stopping some things in life is actually a sign of our trust in God. That when we choose to simplify, slow down, even stop some things, we are acknowledging that, that God can actually handle the details I don't know about. That God can handle the details I don't have time to get to. That God can handle the details I don't know how to solve. Like you'll, you'll never slow down your life without trusting God with some details. It's the acknowledgement that you are God. And I am not. So, so I'm surrendering these details that I tend to be distracted by. I'm surrendering this to you and I'm trusting you to figure it out, God. In, in Matthew 6, 31 through 34, uh, Jesus teaches, this is in the, in the middle of a teaching on money and possessions, but the principles remain the same. Matthew 6, 31, Jesus says, so don't worry about these things, all the details. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs, all the details he knows. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. He'll take care of all the details. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Can I get a witness? <laughs> right? We've got enough trouble today. We don't need to be concerned about tomorrow. It's, it's saying, God, I, I trust you. So I'm going to seek your kingdom first. And I'm going to trust that you'll give me everything I need, that you'll take care of all the details. 
The solution to hurry is not more time. It's choosing to simplify and slow down. So what's it take to slow down? Eliminate distractions, trust God with the details, and number three, discover the right priorities. Discover the right priorities. It's a very popular illustration. It's actually been around for years and years and years. I found a video of a guy uh, doing this illustration from like, you know, for some of you, this is a long, long time ago, the 1980s, <gasps> right? It's been around for a while, and, and it, you might have probably seen it. If you have, I still think it's important to bring it into, it's, it's such a good illustration to bring into this conversation we're having here. Let's say that this, this jar, this container, represents our life. This is all the time we have in a day. 24 hours, each of us get the same, right? This is, this is our life. These rocks over here represent the most important things in life. You might say your, your spiritual life, time alone with God, being with his people, his church, serving, whatever it is. You're, you're taking care of your physical health, your, your family, important things. These are the big rocks in life. This sand represents kind of those other things that we mentioned earlier. Things that tend to steal away what's most important. They distract us. It might be things like we've mentioned, and there's a long list we haven't mentioned, but it might be things like social media, um, the, the, the endless uh, you know, barrage of entertainment and information. It might be that hobby you give too much time. It might be the relationship. Like whatever it is, they aren't bad things inherently, but they have the potential to keep us from the best things, right? So, so here's what we often do. We often start our life, we start our days with these things. I don't have the statistic, but it's a mind-blowing number of how many people, the very first thing they do when they wake up is check their phones. Very first, they start their day on their phone. And got to see if there was that like and that comment and that follow or that unfollow, right? We live our lives on the up and down of who's doing what on, on social media. But we, besides the point, we, we start our life with these things. We, we start our lives with with the social media, with the entertainment, with the Netflix binge, with watching TV, and nothing wrong with that. I watched a great documentary yesterday on the rise of Pixar. It's probably why I said Squirrel earlier, because they talked about the movie Up, which is a great movie, by the way. But nothing wrong with these things. They just distract us. And maybe you have that, whatever, that, that hobby, that relationship, whatever. You, you can fill in the blanks here, but we, we tend to fill up our lives with those distractions. And then we say, well, now I got I to gotta fit what's most important in. And so you, you try to cram in your, your time with God and being with his people and your physical health and your, your family. And, and eventually, like, something's getting left out. Like, something does not fit in the bucket of time. And that's when we say things like this. If I only had more time, but more time's not the solution. He, here's, here's the solution, and this is what makes the illustration so great. Instead of starting with these things that really aren't that important, if we started our life and our day by discovering the right priorities, if we started our life with our spiritual health, time alone with God, being with his, his people, whatever it is, if we started with our, uh, taking care of our physical health and our, our family relation, whatever it is, if we, if we start with what's most important, what you find is you can then take this other stuff and you still get to do some of it. You can still 
Be on social media. I'm on social media. Nothing wrong with social media. You, you can still spend some time watching TV. I told you yesterday I watched that documentary about Pixar. Also, there's an amazing documentary on Disney Plus about The Mandalorian. It's unbelievable. Great show, great documentary. But you, know, you, can, you can actually do these other things. You can, you can be one of the embarrassing parents on TikTok. You can do whatever. You, know, you, can, you know who you are. <laughs> if you don't know what TikTok is, ask your grandkid. Like, you, you, what you find is you can actually, you can almost fit this whole thing in here. Now, just for the sake of time, I, if I wanted to work at it, I could, I could get everything in here. The, the, the reality is if you, if you start with what's, what's most important, you might have a little bit of the distractions you don't get to add to your life. But pretty much, when you discover the right priorities, you can still do all those other things. But the priorities have not been left out. You've got to start by discovering the right priorities in life. Jesus actually said there's only one priority that matters. He said it in this passage, Luke 10, verse 42. Jesus says this, There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Isn't that beautiful? It's only one thing, Martha, worth being concerned about. And Mary found it. And what was it? It wasn't a thing. It was a person. It was Jesus. Jesus is the highest priority in life. It's why he said this in Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, if you try to hang on to all those distractions, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Or let me bring it into this illustration. What do you benefit? If you gained all that sand, everything you desire in life, what do you benefit if you get all of it, but you lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And the answer, church, is no. Nothing is more valuable than my soul, seated in Christ, rooted in eternity. And given a full life while I'm living on the earth, nothing's more important than that. Jesus said there's only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary discovered it. And it's me, Jesus said. It's Jesus. So I want you just to bow your head and just spend a moment in reflection. I just want you to ask, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And if you ask him, he'll tell, he'll speak. May not be audible, but you'll know he's speaking. So, Father, I pray that right now your Holy Spirit would speak. Are there some distractions that you know you need to eliminate or at least cut back on? They're not bad things, but they're maybe keeping you from what's best. Are there some details that you just need to trust God with? saying, I, 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 I can't control it. I, I, I don't have time for it. Whatever it is, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm going to seek you first. I need to discover 
the right priorities and then start your life, your day with those things? What is it? Father, I, I don't know how you're speaking to each individual heart. I can only know my own. And Lord, I'm just asking for all of us, would you please, would you please shine your light on those distractions in our life that keep us from what's most important and then give us the ability to cut back or eliminate some things? Lord, would you help us, empower us by, by your Holy Spirit to trust you with all these details of life that, that we don't know about, we can't control, we can't get to. And Lord, help us. Help us discover the right priorities, starting with you. And then may we start our day and our life with those things. In Jesus' name. Just remaining in an attitude of prayer, if you would. For some of you, if, if you got rid of all the distractions, if you, you know, didn't have any details you were worried about, even if you were doing some really, really good things in life, some of you would even say, but I still don't know the most important priority. I've never put my faith in Jesus. I wanna give you that chance today. Jesus said there's only one thing worth being concerned about, and it's me. And the reason he says that is because he knows Jesus, God in the flesh, he came as one of us. He modeled a perfect life for us. He died the death that we deserve. He rose from the dead and then said, by faith in me, I'll forgive you of your sins. I'll, I'll live in your heart. I'll empower you to follow me. And then one day you'll spend eternity with me in heaven. It's the only thing that matters. And some of you need to experience it. So if that's you, whether you're watching online or you're right here in the room and you want to put your faith in Jesus, just say this prayer to God silently in your heart. Father in heaven. I believe in Jesus. I believe he's God, died in my place, rose again. So Jesus, I profess my faith in you. Please forgive me of my sins. I confess all my sins to you. Wash me clean, make me new. I repent, I'm, I'm gonna turn from my old sinful, selfish way of living. And Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow you in a, in a new life-giving way. I receive from you salvation. Please live in my heart. Thanks for loving me. I'll do my best to love you back. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, whether you're here in the room or watching online, if you just prayed that prayer, it's the best decision you'll ever make. It's the hardest one you'll ever live out. And we want uh, to help you live it out. And the easiest way to let us do that is to tell us you made that decision. So you can text us the word one to the number on the screen, 41400, if you put your faith in Christ. And we're gonna send you a link no strings attached to download a free devotional we wrote for you that will help you get those priorities in place in your life and start following Jesus. We just want to celebrate with you, welcome you, and walk with you in your faith. I also think it's good to tell someone else in person. You can tell me. I'll be out in the lobby after the service. Tell a friend, a loved one who, who knows Jesus. I promise you they'll be excited for you. Tell a prayer team member at the back of the room today. In fact, if you need prayer for something, stop back by there. They'll pray for whatever need you got. If you're watching online, click the prayer button and we'll pray for you there as well. Don't forget to sign up for the FLE, Financial Learning Experience. We'll make as much room as we have to in the building to accommodate, but we just need to know that you're coming to prepare for the food and the child care. Uh, I hope this is helpful and challenging, but encouraging for you today. I love you guys so, so much. We'll end the series next week. Uh, you are dismissed. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, 
visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.